Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, suckers. What's going on? No boomerang no boomer tonight. No there will be boomer rage. At least cool. in the comments. Nick will be in the comments. There will be some boomer rage there for sure. <laughs> there, there's there. a bit of boomer rage in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think okay. it is? What do you what do you think he would lead with right now? Let, let's play that game. What would Nick lead with right now? This isn't a show for him. He I <laughs> Wow. Uh, he would have led with Brad coffee. saved his Brad saved his job. Welcome back. No, this is this was a very expected bounce. This is a show for Bobby. This, this is my yeah. Bobby's back. This is this is more my speed. So I'm glad I missed <laughs> Freak Out City over the weekend. And it was rock bottom for this team. It was well-deserved criticism for them. Uh, but all this talk of the beginning of the end of Brad Stevens and uh, this team's demise as a whole, premature. You know, there's a lot of issues here. There's a lot of stuff we're going to have to hash out in terms of roster adjustments and everything else. But there's pieces to work with here. And I think this team's closer to needing a few minor adjustments than being a, a constructual failure from the start and not being able to be redeemed. That tonight was another example of that. When you get your rotations down in a good way, when you lock in defensively as this team did, good things are going to happen. So it's a consistency factor right now. But John... All the credit to you. You called out almost every adjustment that they need to make here and predicted a lot of the stuff they were going to see tonight. So I'll give that all to you. Aaron Neesmith and uh, Robert Williams' extended run both work fantastic here, and the bench was the difference in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, Brad. The, the key takeaway here is Brad Stevens obviously watches this show um, and Number took one. some cues, and that's obviously all that really had to happen. Uh, uh, that, uh, you know, you play the kids and then you live with it. But you, <laughs> you, you, this always happens. It's the post-team meeting game. It's the post-rock bottom yeah, game. Exactly. It's the post, in this case. Nuggets had post, no one, too. It's the post Danny goes running to the media to, to, to you know, cover for his coach and kind of tacitly 
you know, call out the players. And that's how you call out today's modern day NBA players, by the way, what Danny did over the weekend. And we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't they read the Boston up. Herald. <laughs> Herald uh, look, Danny volunteered to do two interviews with the two major papers in town. And to basically, by saying it's on me because I picked these players, saying these players are playing like bums. So he took some heat off Brad for sure. Um, yeah. And we'll get into some of Ainge's comments later. But let's start with tonight. Again, you had a few things going on. Um, the number one, I, again, we could easily run through the most important things that happened in the game. But it's really hard not to look at this and say that this was kind of like the Aaron Neesmith game. And not because he played great. I thought he was pretty okay. Um, but he did he was the first guy off the bench that mattered. He played 23 minutes. Yeah. A lot of people were saying maybe he was rewarded for his effort, you know, cause he was running around like crazy. He still looks pretty tentative and lost at times, but like he's trying. And this is what we talked about. It's not that Aaron Neesmith and we were arguing about this on our thread all day. It's not that Aaron Neesmith's better than the players out there. He's not better than Sammy. He's not, but you want him to be. You got to give him a shot. You got to live and learn with a little bit. I'll take an effort like this every single time if he's out there. Totally imperfect. At times he disappeared, but I mean, I, nothing. I just nothing but positives off of tonight. I don't think. Yeah, definitely. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think he looked amazing out there, but he looked a little more comfortable than we've seen him before in the past, right? And I also think that the rest of his teammates are starting to realize, okay. Like they're starting to look for him now more often. And I think a lot of that has to do with his effort. I mean, you're putting effort on the defensive end of the floor, especially in the game against the Denver Nuggets. You know, I, I think that that went a long way. And I think they rewarded him. They were looking for him for open shots. And credit to him, he wasn't afraid to, to take those. So much credit to the rookie. But, I mean, is this the norm now? Is this, like, the, the rotation? Are we – this is it? The, the Celtics just fix it? Was it? Is this all it took for everyone to just panic real quick and then – the Celtics come out here and beat the Nuggets, and now all the problems are solved? No, come on. This no, but we debated it a little bit. Okay. No, I know. I'm just sort of responding to Bobby, being like, here we go, guys. This is a rotation. Right. Cemented, guys. This is it. Like, no, I don't think it I don't think it way. is, but it's a big win against a, against a talented Nuggets team. And that Jimmy, boy let me is, ask you. is no joke. He was on pace to drop 50 if it wasn't for the Celtics. Well, let me ask you, Jimmy. If it's a if it's, a, <laughs> if it's an effort thing, what um, who do you think – do you think – not like what do you guys read into not seeing Grant or Teague tonight? Do you to me if if we're if you're concerned about effort and then guys don't play in a game after you're saying I'm not seeing effort, that has to lead me to believe that these are the guys you don't think are putting in effort. And I, I don't know that for sure, but that's a strange message to send. Just a DNPCD a couple of guys after you basically say, we're not playing hard enough. Kemba says it. Danny says it. Then you see mm -hmm. a couple of guys completely disappear from the rotation. That's not a good sign. Teague, we know. Teague's going to be shot out of a mm -hmm. cannon into the sun once they have a full roster here. He's yeah. not going to – he's going to be bought out. He's not going to finish this team. There's no reason to complain about Teague anymore. Teague, there right. is no Teague. Okay. No, no, that's a good point because I, I thought of Grant Williams tonight. They should just hand him uh, off to Atlanta at the end of the week. I thought about the fact that he didn't take any shots last game, and I think that that doesn't bode well with, with Brad Stevens. He's like, hey, you've been getting a lot of reps out there. Yeah. You know, Maybe it's not more of a you're not working hard enough or effort thing. It's more of a are you still afraid to take these shots? Because I got, I got a line of guys that are willing to take that spot if you're not willing to. Right. What are you doing out here? You know, we exactly. talk about bench guys. You want them to come in and give a spark, you know, I think that's as much as why Neesmith plays. I don't know whether something comes up on high from Danny, which is to say, so I got you some guys. Maybe maybe try to use some of these guys, you know, because this is a fallback all coaches have. And again, we talked about it. Belichick did it to the point that he drove fans crazy. 
He wasn't playing Winovich and Uche and all of the younger rookie type guys in a team where you're like, what are you playing these old losers for? Like the John Simons and the blah, blah, blah. It's very analogous to what's going on with the Celtics. It's safer to play guys who you have some experience with who are going to do the things that you want to do, but your ceiling is it can only be so high. And this is the argument for living and dying with Rob Williams, occasional brain farts. First time he tries to guard Jokic, he falls for an up bake and Jokic walks right by him. Great. Then he goes down the other end, boom, tips an offensive rebound, hits a, hits a baseline jumper, and it's great. It's negated. It's a positive and a negative. He does too many positive things to leave him off the court. I think a lot of these guys do. So you you got to live with the bad because the ceiling is so much higher with some of these guys. Yeah, I think when we when we saw Rob Pritchard and Neesmith in the first quarter, I think collectively our heads just spread <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, that's like how many times have we screamed into this into this camera here and just said, "Why are these guys not playing? Like we don't understand it." Like what did they do wrong that they can't get on the court? The so, Detroit one on Friday, especially. Yeah, exactly. So seeing them in the first quarter and get some actual meaningful minutes in playing well and giving them energy and showing a spark, I think that's what it was more than anything. And at that point, if you're Brad, why why even go to Grant? Why go to Teague? I don't think – listen, we already mentioned it. Teague is who he is. Grant, he's not like – you know, I know that he made a start and he's been playing more minutes than maybe we thought he would, but – Brad's not sending a message by sitting those guys. He's just sitting them because they aren't good and they aren't playing well. They're not helping them win. So let's not overthink and be like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a message to Grant Williams and Jeff Teague. No. Listen, if, he, if, if, if Tatum and Brown and those guys didn't play tonight or if they had their minutes cut in half, that's a message. But, you know, not playing Grant and Teague doesn't mean anything to me. What, what it means is that maybe Brad's finally coming around on some of these other young guys and guys like – like Rob, so when Rob's in the game, I mean, his P, he's one of the best PERs in the NBA, and he's averaging 14. Jimmy loves PER now. <laughs> he's well, been just, glued to that page. I'm not a huge PER guy, but I'll use it in this case because, I mean, why the hell else is ESPN pumping all the time? It must mean something to a lot of people. So, in that sense, Rob should be playing twice as many minutes as he's playing. I mean, statistically speaking, with, with the production that he's putting up with that stat. So, again, I mean, oh. I'm not saying Rob Waynes is the savior. But he should be playing more. So, Bobby, you explain this, okay? Because you you represent kind of the faction of people out there who are like like who don't take the bait. Well, no, who don't take the bait, so to speak. Okay, you know, you have the Rob Williams overreactions, and many of them unwarranted. And maybe last year people were clamoring for more Rob when he wasn't ready. Every single thing about him this year says he's more ready. What, again, do you think the hesitation or reluctance is there to play? And, again, we know, like, oh, it's not a great matchup for him. You know, having him disappear for an entire playoff series last year, that just makes no sense to me, given, again, the positives, I think, outweigh the negatives. Are you so afraid for what he's going to do defensively or the lapses that he's going to have that you can't figure out that there's, like, a not you, but, like, what? Brad or whatever can't figure out that oh there's some good and some bad and I'll live with it especially when you're the counter is Tristan Thompson you know I mean which Thompson was fine tonight but again it's you look at those two guys and I just don't understand how you would play one more minutes than the other 
Well, it's it's better than last year if we're going to yeah. compare it to that. There were games where Rob didn't play, period, last year. And now Which every, I don't get. I never with, got. It's the same argument with Neesmith. He should have been playing 10, 15, 20 minutes every game last year. Well, you see, he's been better this year, and they found ways to get him involved this year on a consistent basis. We didn't like the way he was doing it with double bigs and all that stuff, and then eventually he got back to just finding Rob in rotation with the bench unit. And that works comfortably so far. We kind of had a similar conversation with Pritchard too. Oh, why don't they start Pritchard? Why isn't he getting bumped up here? Well, they put him in a good spot to succeed against these bench units, and it worked again today with him and Rob. They just crushed second units with Tatum out there playmaking. Uh, so it's as much staggering them uh, in the good portions of the game as anything else. And that's another thing I think Brad has done fairly well this year. I mean, all this criticism of him is putting guys in the right situational minutes to find success. I mean, if you threw Rob out there to, on, in a spot start today against Jokic, this probably would have gone much worse for Rob and the Celtics as a whole here. Thompson didn't have a great game, but he's a sturdy presence and had a okay performance against Jokic. I mean, even Anthony Davis wasn't stopping some of those shots. Wait a second. Jokic Who had an okay there. performance? I thought Thompson was okay here. I mean, what, what do you determine? Okay. All right. I mean, John, Thompson's he's going against Jokic Nikola Jokic, who's third in the MVP race. And I Rob get gets it, to clean it I up mean, against Isaiah Hartenstein. How much work, what could Jokic have done better in the first 15 minutes that he played tonight? That than, than he did. Like, is, is it possible for a human to play better? So nobody slowed him down. <laughs> nobody did okay. Like, he literally had a near perfect half. So yeah, but no, my point is not do pretty good on him. Every uh, that's not my point. My point is Thompson just went up and I thought he was saying okay. it in the way. And then Rob got to play the secondary minutes and destroy Isaiah Hartenstein. If you put Rob against Jokic and Thompson just being a you know net neutral with Isaiah Hartenstein, it would have been a different game. You put Rob in a position where he can just destroy the opposing center in the bench unit, which I think is a smart way to handle this right now. Now, ultimately, as we talk about some of the changes on this team that they can make, you can get Tice out of here. You can get Thompson out of here, which I'm all for either one of those ideas at this point to get Rob more minutes because I I agree with you. He should be playing more minutes. I don't think he should be starting. And I feel the same way about Pritchard. We saw Pritchard struggle immensely in a spot start over the weekend against Detroit. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been saying the whole time, you don't need to start Pritchard. Once Marcus Smart comes back, just let Pritchard come off the bench. What he gives you off the bench is fine. Let's not rush him into something that he's not comfortable with or he's just not there yet. You know, you have a good thing. You have some depth coming off the bench. Keep it that way. They went with a nine-man rotation tonight. One, two, three, four, five. Nine-man rotation. True nine-man rotation. When Smart comes back, you know, I assume Green is out. So, I mean, that's oh, your, those, are your, those are your nine. And then you got Tice. So, I guess I don't know what you're going to do there if there's a, still a trade to, to be made or if they go to a 10-man. But finally, you didn't get, like, the 13, 14 guys that Brad's been, you know, putting out there every game. And you're just like, why is Carson in the game? Why is, you know – Teague and you know why are these players playing when you have a Neesmith and a Rob and a Pritchard and whoever else on the bench? So right. this just made yeah. more sense tonight. And I don't know if there's a great rotation. Anything to do with it? I don't know if Brad had to take a harder look at things and maybe maybe they maybe spoke to some of his stars like Jason and Jalen and maybe they said the same thing. Like why are we playing 14 guys every game? Like you know I don't I don't know, but something was different tonight. I'm yeah, not I mean, saying Jason Tatum didn't have a great game either, but I mean something was different. Well, Coach was different. 
Yeah, I mean, it was obvious from the get-go. They weren't set for shots early. They got into bad habits late, but in the beginning, it was great. The distribution, uh, a ton of assists early. They did fall into that little trap where they started kind of just jacking him. Tatum had a not a great stretch in the th in the third where he was forcing, forcing, forcing a few shots. But for the most part, their approach, they clearly went in today and they're like, we got to distribute the ball more and play with higher energy. They did. And then Brad, as we said, shortened the bench a little. Josue, I, I, I cut you off. Jump jump in there. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that because I, I think they went into the, the, the approach was different because obviously what's been going on the last couple of games, obviously the pressure of, you know, what, what Brad Stevens and and, and and what Danny A said to the media, this is a big spot for them. And I think you know, to uh, to also piggyback on, on Jimmy's point about the second unit and, and Rob Williams, I think between him and Pritchard, those two could be the anchors right now. I don't know if that's going to be the, the the case for the entire course of this uh, regular season, but I like when those two are out there. I like to see Javante out there as well. That energy coming in, it coming in, uh, you know, off the bench, playing against, uh, you know, the, the second unit of the Nuggets, they outscored them in that first half and it wasn't even close. And, and I just think that continuity is going to be so important because at the beginning of those of those stretches where the second unit has to come in and sort of hold the fort, and whether it's Jalen out there or a couple of other starters out there, those three are going to be really important, or at least between Pritchard and Robert Williams. I look for those two to anchor the, the second unit. And I don't – Rob's I been fantastic. That's, that's, that's most beneficial for him instead of uh, instead of starting. He's, he's better in that in that role. And to go off what I was saying before about Rob, there were minutes in this game where he had to rotate against Jokic, and I saw one of the commenters said as well, he did a good job. He, he There was one play where the Nuggets kind of got screwed on a foul call. He was rolling toward the basket, and they called it on the floor. Rob got right back in the lane and forced a turnover there. The steals, the fourth quarter rebound, and Jokic was out of gas in the fourth, and that's when Rob really took it to him on the boards. There was a triple chance opportunity that the Nuggets had that they couldn't convert because Rob was in there holding in the space in the middle. It, I, I don't think Rob's stronger end of the floor has been defense this year, but this was a good defensive game from him and the team. Again, he is what he is in that regard. He's a he's a good help side defender, and he's a bit of a, he's a deterrent in the rim there. And he's also he's got active hands. So I mean, awesome saw, rebounder too. I can't believe how good he's gotten his at that. Rebounding is great. He get, he just gets up quick and he gets the ball. So I mean, he does so many things well. I I do think you're you're right. That pool of what he doesn't do well is shrinking to the point that it doesn't. That I, there's just I I'm not concerned anymore. You know, like we and you're right, Bobby. It's different than last year. We talked about. Oh, this series isn't for Rob, you know. And, <laughs> but, but to not play, and the, oh, this series isn't for Cantor. Just to have these guys disappear for an entire series at a time is strange. Like, are you that afraid? Right. It's it's. We, we've it's had this serious. conversation, but the center position this year—it's not much better, but it's better overall. Well, speaking of it, Daniel Tice obviously didn't play tonight. Celtics win the game. We're talking about Rob. We're talking about Thompson holding his own. Do the Celtics is Tyson expendable player because he is a guy that is tradable and there don't seem to be many of them on the Celtics if they are looking to make some sort of move. Well, he's tradable because he's cheap and he's right. an expiring. Um, right, and he's playing he probably, a position where they have other players that can play the position. I think he's he valuable round, too. He rounds out a trade. He might be more valuable to you than he is to someone else. Um, to someone else, I think it's a throw-in on a deal because no, you're, I think trading this him, you're trading him to someone that is, doesn't need him, nor do they want him. So he doesn't right. have really value to anyone else. Yeah. He, to anyone else, he's $5 million. That's it. Because he's expiring, and that's it. Uh, you're just rounding out a deal. You're trading you him to a team that's out of it. Mm -hmm. So he, he doesn't have value because you're not trading him to someone who wants him. 
Tice gets talked about on the show like he's, you barely have any players that can. But it's not that he's so, not good. So the trade needs. If though. he's in a trade, he doesn't have value because you're acquiring him. There's no team in the NBA. If if they trade him right now for PJ Tucker, which was an idea I floated before, the Rockets would be absolutely thrilled about that. It would solve their center issues right now that they're going through. They would keep him long term as their you backup center. You might be able center. to trade strength for strength there. You might be able to do that. He's valuable. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> I mean, this guy. I'm not saying he's Al Jefferson, 2008, but he's. No, I was you know, thinking good rolling player. it up for a bigger. And to me, that would be a team that's out of it. But you're right. You could trade strength for strength for another competitive team that needs something that, that they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. So I ultimately think that Tice does need to go, just because I think he's going to be more valuable than what they're able to keep here, and they're going to have to think about Rob Williams' extension possibly at some point down the line. So Tice just doesn't factor into the future here even though i love him even though he's been a great player here for a couple of years i think he's gonna have right. to be involved in some sort of deal here just to you know give another team a piece that they would want and to clear out the center spot a little bit here especially if they actually do end up going with a center or front court player like that young or vucevic here they're gonna need to kind of trade out some pieces to keep some spots open here so i think tice it's tough because I would love to keep Tice around and have him be the starter. He's been the best center on the team this year, but he's not going to be around. So it would just be kind of stupid to keep him and have him be another bench guy who uh, just leaves for nothing at the end of the year. A lot of people are saying trade Thompson. I don't know if you can trade Thompson right now. Dude. I've said that too, but I've talked to you know a handful of people who think you can. Nine million's not that much. so It's not. It's so, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So he would be part. I think what you mentioned. That's another John, thing, though, is, nobody really wants him or needs him, right? I mean, it's similar to. Yeah, he'd just be right? he'd just be money in a deal. So the Celtics have a hard cap situation. So even though they can take in to up to twenty eight million in a TP deal, they can't actually get there. I think it's like twenty million, John. Last time we talked about this, it's twenty so, is what the Celtics can use of that twenty eight, essentially. Yeah. So if they could send out nine of Thompson there, so you got to send it. You got to do. Right. To get the twenty six, like a Vucevic, for example, is twenty six. To get that and fit it in under a hard cap, you have, have to trade to something else in. Yeah. Right. But you could do it with Tyson another body because Tyson is five plus another one or two. So, so you could you could find a way you find a way to make it work if you're going to do it. The TPE is the bulk of it, and you're going to move bodies in addition. Uh, before we move on to that stuff, because we're going to get there for sure. What do you guys think of uh, Tatum uh, tonight? Because we did find out before the game um, in his um, and Bobby, you were in. Um, you were in the, uh, uh, the the media availability earlier today with Tatum, and he said he's still having issues with his breathing uh, from COVID, uh, having a tough time catching his breath up and down the court, which, again, this is no joke. You know, it, it is what it is, uh, but might explain some of his recent kind of crap play uh, or lack of effort. I mean, you know, from an effort perspective, the last game was the worst game we've seen him play. He just looked totally disengaged. Um uh, even though he's had worse shooting nights. And then he goes out tonight, and it's it's better. It's kind of one of those, like, bad shooting Tatum games, you know, where he contributes in a lot of other ways. Uh, forced some shots, couldn't hit from three, got to the line a little bit, had a couple drives late, which were actually key to holding off that lead there, so that was pretty good. Made a couple terrific passes, including the one from his ass. So, I mean, he did some things, but it was another kind of weird Tatum game. Yeah, definitely. But he didn't rush it. He didn't force the issue, which is the kind of Tatum that we – 
were complaining about, you know, that in the bubble a couple of times. And every now and then we talked about what was it, every 15 games, I think it was last season, you get one of those stinkers out of Tatum. It was, uh, yeah, again, what you said, especially down the stretch, attacking the rim. Uh, he did take more three-pointers than I thought. I was a little surprised. I thought I was thinking one for seven or oh, one for six. I guess it was one for eight. But, um, you know, it's getting his other guys involved, getting his teammates involved. Like, he didn't hold the ball for too long. And the same thing can be said about Kemba Walker. You know, it was like almost as just when you start to get that feeling where you're like, all right, you know, keep the ball moving the way we, the way he's been going all night. That's exactly what they did. Both of them did. And much credit to, to Kemba, of course, for attacking the rim and, and converting this time around. It felt like last season a little bit. Yeah, his his shot is still off. Obviously, uh, that's been the biggest note. That's been the most noticeable noticeable thing for me is his efficiency. Like his field goal percentage since coming back has been way way down. I didn't really notice like that he wasn't. You know, I didn't really notice the wind aspect or like the hustle aspect until Sunday. I I think he'll be fine. I mean, he, he's too good of a player to only rely on his shooting. Like on the games where he can't hit the you know hit buckets, one free from three. He's got to be able to do other things because he's going to be getting 30 minutes a game, whether or not he's shooting or not. So we better find other ways to be effective, whether that's passing, whether that's rebounding defense. So um, I, I don't think anything he really did tonight stood out. A um, couple, couple turnovers that kind of stood out to me, actually, and a couple ugly shots, a couple bad shots. But, um, you know, he's still got to be one of their go-to guys down the stretch. So he's going to have to find, you know, other ways to get going or get, get his teammates going. So I think that was definitely the difference. On Sun, you know, from today to Sunday, when he just didn't do anything. Well, offensively, doesn't it look like he's still he's not in a rhythm at all offensively? No, he's laboring. And, and it's those time. Remember, like, remember the stretch last year where people were killing him for taking too many contested twos. Then it was like, okay, I guess I don't take him anymore. And then for a little while there, he was like, but this is what I do, you know, like. I, this this is my game. And then it kind of took him out of his game, and he didn't know it was. This felt a little like one of those games, which is like. I saw a lot written and a lot said in the last day or two about Celtics shot selection um, uh, and just how that's one of the things that's really kind of tanked them in the last little bit here is, you know, you had, and I think it was covered up by Brown shooting an ungodly percentage um, from, from, from mid range for so long that it masked the fact that that's what they were mainly relying on. They're very low in points at the rim in, in, uh, in the league. They're really low in like wide open, uncontested threes. Uh, and really the majority of their shots are, are from two and they're not hitting them at a very effective uh, clip. Walker, who did last year, isn't doing it this year. Brown was out of his mind and now he's regressed to the mean. And Tatum has once again relied on him way more than he should uh, and way more than he used to, almost back to what he did in his rookie year. And he's not hitting them at a high clip. I, so he, this is the player he thinks he is and that's what he that's what he takes to get him going is to hit these tough, you know, contested mid-range shots, but it's just not yeah. the right thing for him. You see the difference late in the game here when he went hard to the hoop a couple of times and when he did it a couple of times early. It's just a different game. But when he gets into that rhythm where he's just dribbling and settling, I, I think he's he's off like he's just off. And that he's been in that zone for a little while now. This, this continues the process of him transitioning to being the point guard of the team. There's yeah. going to be a lot of bodies in front of him on the way of the rim. There's going to be a ton of contact there. So sometimes he's going to have to try to float it over that wall from two. And he's going to be looking to get other guys involved. There's just a lot that he has to process when he's in that position of being the point guard for full games as he has been recently. But we're seeing some other benefits to that as well. Uh, Kemba Walker looks really good off the ball. 
Like he has been outstanding the last two games, I thought, and finding a comfort, not only shooting threes off the catch, but even early in this game, getting on the back line and uh, dribbling to the basket and hitting his first two shots inside. We, we now have two games in a row where he's been able to finish at the basket, which this offense doesn't have a ton of because he struggled to do that on the ball as the point guard himself. Uh, Tatum's running into contact there, not always getting to the free throw line, though he did tonight. And uh, Brown as well is pr- pretty much the only other guy on this team that goes to the rim, aside from Rob Williams and you know Tice sometimes on rolls. So this team doesn't have a lot of rim threats on them right now they're more of a jump shooting team and i know you guys said this over the weekend i heard charles barkley say it on a podcast and brad says it all the time this can't just be a team uh, joe sway especially has said this can't just be a team that shoots a ton of shots and if they go in great it's the toronto game and if they don't it's oh we didn't make shots there's got to be other ways to do it there's got to be adjustments there's got to be flexibility as a team stylistically and this is for the role players especially you know what i love that neesmith did Mm -hmm. in this game john he got into the lane a couple times dish the ball went inside and out rob does that too the vertical spacing as we talk about like there's got to be other outlet options on this team and they found them tonight finally yeah, no, definitely. And I think Jason Tatum has a lot to do with that. You know, that game against the Toronto Raptors, I mean, obviously we talked a lot about <laughs> shooting in that one, but it was the open looks that got those those shots. I don't see it. And I think when when, when Jason Tatum's getting his uh getting his Ben his Ben Simmons on, if you will, like and that's of course also means him getting to the free throw line. You guys notice that as well when he's passing the ball and that ball's swinging and yep. he's an assist. He's got racking up, you know, six. This felt like a Ben Simmons yeah. game with, with two, a lot of shot attempts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it opens up the floor. I mean, it just creates so much many upper, uh, more opportunities for the rest of the, the starting unit. But then in comes the, the, the second unit. And of course, now Brad is, you've noticed, it's either Jason or Jalen most of the time to, to start the second quarter out there with that second unit. And he's getting them going as well. And of course, Pritchard is, <laughs> is out there anchoring uh, the, the, the backcourt. God, oh, man. <laughs> Good job tonight, Aaron. Neesmith is pumped. And this is the thing. Like, I don't think any... He he shouldn't be too excited, actually. I don't think any of us jumped off the Neesmith boat. It was deserving of criticism, taking a guy who realistically couldn't get involved or find any trust from his coach early on. But we're we're still talking about, what's it now, three months since he got drafted? Drafted, not even... Was ready to release Neesmith, I think, like two games ago. I think he actually said he's got nothing left. <laughs> yeah, done. you already said <laughs> you said <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> Move on. You said, you said the Celtics Joe Sway said that? Know they screwed up. No, don't yeah. believe it. Look at it. Yo, don't you absolutely that. said that. That he's he a bust. Basically, yes, you said that. Somebody said, backed me up on he it. He said Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I said compared to no, Sadiq. No, you basically Bay. said cut your losses. I think was the exact. <laughs> yes. I think was the exact phrase. <laughs> this, is old takes, this is old takes exposed. The internet. Now, this, is old take, this is like a year. This is like a, a good, like, thirty-six <laughs> hours ago. Friday or something. Yeah. Where? Show me your receipt. Where's your receipt? I'll. Uh, you think we're not gonna find this? We got something on us for Nick that. Nick is on it right now. Nick find it. <laughs> I didn't watch the whole show. I only he's saw gonna, bits and pieces he's of it. Tamper with me. He's gonna tamper the audio. He's gonna like dub some other stuff over me. No, true. Now we're gonna get into some trade conversations here. <laughs> I don't think nah. I don't think any of us would have problem throwing them in a deal if it made sense. But no, uh, no, no, no. Of course not. Um, of course not. Yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. 
20 minutes of good basketball. I didn't mean someone mentioned Pritchard getting traded. This, I'm not surprised. He'll right trade now. everything and anything for a legit this was, player. Yeah. This is the right now. Game. This is the game. You need like 10 more of these games. These are the games that we've been clamoring for all season because if you ever want to have a tradable asset, you need to prove that you have a tradable asset. So you play your guys <laughs> like you did tonight. So that's, you know, that's baby steps, right? It will, it will change, Jimmy, though. I, and we even saw Green in this one for stretches, too, because he made sense on a matchup basis. I didn't say they found their rotation okay. tonight, Josue. Uh, you'll probably see Grant the next two games against Atlanta. They're bigger in the front court. So this is going to change. It's always going to continue to change. And uh, that's something people criticize Stevens over. It works occasionally, as it did here, if he hits it right. And other games, he guesses, like Carson Edwards starting against Phoenix, and it's a disaster. So that's part of the inconsistency of Stevens. If you know you're gonna uh, approve of anybody's criticism of him here to start this year, but you know a lot of positives tonight. I still want to you know get into uh, the situation as a whole here, though, when it comes to trades and when it comes to Stevens and everything else that you guys talked about over the weekend, because this still is kind of a inconsistent situation. Well, I mean, well, I we know they've been you- capable of this. I, I do want to get into the trades because that's where obviously the show ends up going all the time. I did want to talk about Danny's comments a little bit for those who missed it. It was yeah. interesting, the timing of it. We have a rock bottom loss against the Wizards on Sunday. Then Danny Ainge, as we mentioned at the top of the show, goes on literally, I mean, it's I think. great to see the relevance of a newspaper drop in 2021. I think he out, yeah, he sought out the Globe and the Herald and, and gave them both an interview at the same time. So it means he wants to do this. He wants to go on record and say some things. And this is, I don't know whether Brad was, do you guys really think Brad was under fire or it's just like idiots like us and like in the chat, like it's talk, but like, I, you know, there's that one thing that Gary wrote. So Gary Washburn in the Globe in his column with his interview with Ainge slips in this little dagger where he says, uh, the, the Celtics have been tuning Brad out lately. It just kind of sat there. It wasn't they really... Look like a team, they look like a team that's tuned their coach out. That's what he said, yeah. Yeah, so it just kind of sat there a little bit, and then it wasn't really qualified or addressed or sources tell me or I've, you know, whatever. It was right at the end of the paragraph, too. It was a little spot yeah, to put just, it. just sitting there, and it was just... And, and then the rest of it was about Ainge's interview, and a lot of it was cover for Brad, basically saying it's not on Brad. And this quote was from the uh, the Herald one. The Washburn quote was, it's on the players. Um, the, it's on the players and the players on this team are on me. So I'm basically, but both of them are basically saying, it's not Brad. I'm taking the heat off Brad. Do you think it felt he felt it necessary to do that because he thought Brad was getting beat up? Do you think he's sensing a vibe that maybe there are some issues there and he wants to stand up and support him? I was trying to figure out the reason behind going out there and publicly, or the other one is, you can't admonish players nowadays because they're going to get really upset and they all have attitudes and they're stars. So you can't do that. So this is a way to do that by basically taking, taking it onto yourself by saying, I brought in these players, but he did say, if changes need to be made, I'll make them, you know, it's not always the thing, but if it doesn't fix itself, I'll, I'll switch the guys out. So what, what did you guys make of these comments? Again, it was two different interviews, two different papers. Yeah. Uh, I so I guess that. Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. You go. All right, I'll go. I'm just going to say, I mean, I guess I see it like two different ways. One, it's kind of refreshing to see that, like, so so oftentimes the coach gets blamed first and for everything, and then the coach gets fired, and that's kind of it. And 
the players kind of get away with playing like shit. And then all of a sudden you bring in a new coach and now all of a sudden they're trying again and they're invigorated and this and that. And it's kind of, well, that's kind of, that's kind of some bullshit, but it was kind of refreshing to see Ainge sort of back the coach because he truly does believe in Brad. And one of the things I thought was kind of funny and kind of weird. And, and John, we talked about it briefly today is that I haven't heard a single player on the Celtics really back Brad anytime recently. And that was that was interesting because I even actually say I was like I'm interested to see if any players after the game today back Brad or defend Brad or you know stick up for the coaching staff because John you mentioned it we used to hear players talking about how much of a genius Brad Stevens was we used to hear that mm-hmm. fairly often and we don't hear that anymore yeah. so I'm just wondering you know how do the players feel about Brad is there a disconnect between Danny and Brad and the players or Brad and the players and or is there not is everything fine and dandy because all yeah. of a sudden, they wanted to bring effort tonight. So I thought th- it was interesting that Danny Ainge made a point to go out there and defend Brad, not defend the players. So that tells me that he's disappointed in the players, not Brad. Obviously, but I mean, I, it, it's sometimes refreshing. Sometimes a GM will, you know, fire the coach to take the heat off of him because he's the one who brought in the roster and brought in the players. Well, but how many right. times have yeah, we seen that where the GM doesn't, where you see a coach twisting in the wind or there's an incident? you know, with a player and the GM doesn't back him, you know, um, right. and that that's bad. But I didn't see anything like that here. Like there's not a moment where outside of talk, you know, what, yeah. we, what we say on the show, what you see on Twitter, you know, radio stuff, there's, there's buzz, but only because, you know, like I said, People always there's always heat on the coach here, but Joe Sway, go ahead. You were you were jumping in here. Yeah, no, I I, I think there's some truth to that. I think what a lot of it has to do with is is Brad Stevens, uh, you know, from afar to to what to what Jimmy just said before. Remember those days when it was like, oh, Brad Stevens is one of the best assets the Celtics have because guys want to play with for him. You know, young players want to play play for Brad, and it was a lot of that. I don't think that I don't think that necessarily he's lost this team, but I think maybe that sort of got lost in the in the message of what Brad is and, and and the the identity of this team, you know, and maybe some of that has to do with what happened in the bubble in, in Orlando and the, the conflict between the team and the locker room. But heading into the season, though, I think the approach was different because they all knew that they had a lot to prove. And I think Danny Ainge is starting to put more heat on them on himself because he's thinking, man, I didn't expect this from Tristan Thompson. I expected a little more. Jeff Teague, wow, he got outshined by the you know, guy I picked almost in the second round. <laughs> you know, man, I guess I struck gold there. You know, he, he didn't mentioned he mentioned things he could have done as well in the Herald one. So, so how are you if you're him, right? How do you feel when you're hearing the the shade go towards Brad Stevens? Like, wait, wait a minute, I'm the one that gave him this. You know, I don't want to say crappy roster, but <laughs> mediocre or you know, still in flux roster. I set him up for that and shoot, maybe another head coach, this would be a lot worse. You know, maybe uh, Brad Stevens needs to take the heat off of him for a little bit because I'm the one that put this roster together and it's my responsibility to go out and get those big free agents since Gordon Hayward walked out the door. I mean, again, people can put that on Danny too. This is the tricky thing too about the Zoom world brand media wise, Jimmy, the topics that come up are the ones that get asked and there's like four or five questions in these sessions and that's it. There's not a whole lot of, you know, conversation going on in the locker room. So something like, Hey, I know you got mad about the excuse of the schedule or something like that. 
like that's just a question that gets asked and then something doesn't get asked about how much they support Steven. So we don't know. I do know that Brown and Tatum had those two dismayed pressers over the weekend where you heard the shades of criticism come out, not direct, but uh, Brown talking about the team needing help in some ways and uh, Tatum alluding to the young players catching up defensively and that kind of stuff. Like there are, you saw the sense of what might've given Washburn the idea that, um, there was a fading trust in Stevens here because there was an erosion of trust in some other things. It felt like from both of them there, you know, how much help do we have? Uh, are the right guys playing at the right times? Could be possibly some you pull from that, but they've definitely both felt down. And then when it got to Brown's no comment thing on Sunday about the ball movement, it really felt like they were eating words about what they were frustrated about as the two stars of this team, because let's make no mistake, Tatum and Brown over the last week or so have had to do almost everything up until tonight. And yeah. that, that gets frustrating. And I think they at the very least know that, you know, Stevens just can't magically bring them help. There's layers to this. There's adjustments that need to be made. I think they probably have a pretty good idea that changes are coming. So, yeah, or maybe it, they it, want it, different guys in there too. Yeah, it could go both ways. They, that's they what I be, felt like. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and so is, is Ainge these other guys instead of these guys? You know, like, yeah. But I don't think what Gary said was a stretch, though. I mean, we've seen teams come, you know, fall apart or teams give up on their head. Coach. I just wonder what that's, that's from the though. beginning sign, right? That's the beginning side. The the in, inconsistency, the lack of effort, getting your butt whipped, you know, going back to back nights after you just had your best offensive night of the season. I mean, to Gary, you know, to give some credit to him, uh, that's sort no, of the I heard, yeah. we typically see with, 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 again, all... with a team that's had a head coach for, what, seven seasons now. Well, I have all... this comment up because uh, I did want to uh, mention it. I, I, I was texting it earlier uh, with you guys. The Kyrie thing, I do, when we talk about like what Brad was talked about like before and then after, there was definitely a turning point where he went through a year where it, he, the, the, the Brad Stevens thing didn't work. And I, I don't know that it was whether it's his fault. He's paying for that now. And I think he's paying for it a tad because that's the problem is, you know, it, it took some of the shine off him a little bit because he had all the answers and he didn't have them that year because it was such a difficult year and a difficult roster. And Kyrie was blowing him up left and right and then be like, what? I didn't do or say anything. You know, it was just it was just a gross year. But also it's just I mean, I remember one time I was at a practice in Waltham. I mean, this is you know, this is the stuff that you see. But you don't like hear about too much but i remember early in the season you know with Kyrie and uh the entire team after the media availability not waltham at uh, our back center yeah i got you the entire team goes into the film room okay they just walk in dutifully they just done dribbling and the practice is over and uh brad does his availability and Kyrie just goes over and he goes to do something and brad's like and an assistant comes to him and he's like where is i just see brad go where is he and 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 the guy's like, he's he went in there. He's gonna do some treatment and this and that. Brad's just like, get him in here, you know. Just like, give me a freaking break. The whole team is in there. He's just like, he kind of composed. He's like, get him in there, you know. Like, he, he, Kyrie was on his own planet the whole season. But when that's you see your coach emasculated like that, it does. It's hard to unsee it, you know. And that did hurt him uh, a, a little bit, I think. Uh, where maybe that's one of the reasons why you're not. Oh, Brad, oh, Brad, oh, Brad. I mean, Tatum and Brown had to sit there and watch this guy who they thought was, you know, their savior and the guy who had all the answers absolutely just get dragged by these other guys, you know, yeah. and it, it was ugly. No, and it, like, it doesn't. Brad now. I thought you were, you know, big coach Brad Stevens now. I was like, oh, that's just Brad. 
Yeah, it's just Brad. You know, like right. It's yeah. just you can't do that. It, you, you, and it's hard. Right. Once that it's happens, it, you get your legs chopped off. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah and few few of the guys on the roster this year, fortunately, were there for that. There was a cleaning of house. They fixed the chemistry. Oh, all that you. stuff they did in nineteen. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to who who trusts Stevens, it, it comes down to does Tatum trust him? Does Brown and Walker? Smart. I yeah. think Walker and and Smart too. We know Smart trusts them. Like there's no doubt Smart's bought into the system. He's been here since day yeah. one. Kemba. I, I get the feeling that Kemba loves this guy, but do Brown and Tatum, would they be dismayed if they moved on to him? To Jimmy's point, I don't know. Like I, I haven't heard anything from either of them that makes it feel like, like Jimmy said you know, that they love him, that if he moved on, they'd be absolutely in tears and out of their mind. Like I think Tatum and Brown have a feeling whether it be from 19, 20, the run they had in 18, that they can get it done, they can handle it. And if there's a different voice at the top, it wouldn't matter all that much to them. Now, Thank the Lord, Ainge has the bigger vision here in the trust in Stevens that to know that Thank it's not Lord. necessarily better on the other side. Because is Stevens doing everything he needs to to build up this team and coach up the younger players? Maybe not. But could someone else be doing a much worse job with this pretty bad plate they've been handled? Absolutely. And you see it around the league every single year, the disastrous job that some coaches do. It's true in the NBA. The coaches don't always lift you up, but they can drive you into the ground. Well, this it comes down to this. Brad Stevens, if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on board with Brad Stevens, then Brad Stevens is fine. That's really all that matters. Yeah, Nothing yeah. else matters. What it, we it, say, it's the NBA. What the fans it. say, what the chat says, what the media says, doesn't matter. If Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum are true believers in Brad and they're all in this together, then that's all that matters. Because what we saw in Philly with Brett Brown was that we saw a team that totally tuned out Brett Brown. Brett Simmons, yeah. Embiid, those guys, by the end of it, you guys saw how it ended there last season. I mean... Brett Brown's a great guy, extremely, great guy, extremely smart basketball mind, came from the Spurs organization, and he was with that team for a long time, or with the Sixers for a good amount of years, and by the end of it, it just didn't work out. The players didn't have his back anymore. If that's not the case in Boston, then we're good. We're right. good to go. If it's not, just, then we have a problem. But that's the whole thing. If, if they, if they listen, that's it. That's, that's where, I guess, the thing gets confused, Bobby. And again, we were talking about this earlier. It doesn't matter how good a coach Brad Stevens is. If you lost the players, you lost the players. He has right, no but players. But what's losing the players? If you do, you're done. Doesn't matter how good you are. People do get tuned out. It's not the case here. I don't don't think it's at all the case. Right. The, it's not the case. That's the syntax we have to get into, too, though. Like, what, what does losing the players mean? Do you have a bad week and they kind of tune them out? And if things start rolling again, they pick, like... If the leaders start to... You, you, know, you know You know it. You want to go in. If the leaders start to freestyle, Bobby, and you have one-on-one -on -one off efforts and that trickles down to the rest of the team, that's the problem. So you can't have... That's why, look, Tatum has a COVID issue and everybody's entitled to bad games. But if Tatum was one-on-one -on -one off with an effort sort of thing... And, you know, Jalen, same thing, starts to get sloppy. The defense is sloppy. There's just Game games ball. where they, they blow fourth quarter leads and, uh, you know, and, and you have effort issues. Then you start to worry that they're not playing for him anymore. That happened in 2019, though, and he didn't a lose ton, his job. A ton. He didn't lose his job. Well, like, that's, where the heat, that's where the heat got turned up a little. You think yeah, Brad, the, the heat is... got turned up on Brad in the playoffs. You're supposed to have the more talented team there, and everybody was like, 
and and they, how many fourth quarter meltdowns? Josue, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just throwing in my two cents. I was like, yeah, but I wasn't quite. Yeah, there was that going on between the the, the team. He lost that team, but also I feel like the personalities was, they were clashing a bit here and there. Again, that's a, 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 a that's what happens when it, when the team is disconnected from the head coach. They start to turn on each other a little bit. I mean, what was it? Marcus Morris shoving uh, Jalen Brown in that timeline in Miami. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving yells at Gordon Hayward in front of everyone because he didn't get the ball where he wanted in Orlando. Uh, in Brooklyn, he got pretty much bench for that but it wasn't official though the Celtics didn't didn't spank him in public and say hey this guy's suspended for a game but and I don't think that helped because that didn't bode well with the rest of the team so there's a lot of things going on that year yeah I mean they they Brad lost his team but I think they lost each other in, in a sense as, as well there's a lot of things going on this year too though you come into the year missing a fifth starter because Ainge didn't want to acquire a player during the offseason yeah, I, I don't think you have a personality that's the difference though yeah, I, there's just a lot. They had the COVID layoff. You had to pretty much start a second team from scratch once Kemba came back, and you had to integrate him in. And he started eight and three. So there were keep going back to that. There were successes. Extremely small sample size of of, of games. But yeah. after that, Kemba comes in. Kemba certainly hurt them in some games as he got reintegrated. They dropped a bunch of those. But make no mistake, the last week was a disaster. Like, absolute. And the heat should have been on everybody after the weekend. But it's everybody. It's not just Brad. And I know Brad's always going to be, and the coach in the NBA is always going to be the first person you look to. But if you think all the context involved here, firing Brad before fixing the team would have been absolutely insane to me. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense. You have nobody to was going to fire. Nobody gonna was going to fire Brad. It's not going to happen. Fire Brad. But he's freaking out. I don't think that's what he meant. He but, just he's just throwing it out there, and he's right. That would have been crazy. But this is a this is a problem. Yeah. People can't criticize in this town. You can't criticize the coach without being an advocate of firing him. That's not what people are saying when they say Brad yeah. deserves some heat. It just people were saying fire Brad over the weekend. Some people are saying, but again, we're not talking about Twitter or kind of like a chat room. You're talking about like, are there really calls to fire Brad? Is it okay for people to actually cr criticize or wonder aloud whether he's doing everything at the highest level or if there's some things he can do better? I mean, it's insane to think that he's infallible and untouchable. That's where the conversation gets all goofy. It's just because you put a little criticism on Brad's plate doesn't mean you're advocating getting rid of him and bringing in somebody right. else to fix the team. Yeah, but it sounds I mean, like you want to give him the, uh, you want to write him up, right? I think that's why the big the big Brad <laughs> the big Brad Stevens fans are like Wait, there are things you can say. Write him up. Warning, that's Brad Stevens. Damn it, give the guy a chance. You know that's what they think of. They think of when when you bring that bring that up once or twice. Okay, that's the second write up. That's the third write up. The third time you bring it up, it's like okay, now you want to fire the guy. So yeah, I mean those. The diehard Brad Stevens fans aren't. They don't want to hear that right now. But yeah. here's the thing: Brad, Brad gets the least amount of heat, probably, of every coach or every manager in this area. I mean, I heard more calls to fire Bill Belichick because of this season than I've ever heard of Brad Stevens. And that I mean, you want to talk about crazy? I mean, that's crazy. So there's people giving Belichick heat because of the because the Patriots missed one freaking season of the playoffs in the last 10 years and two in the last 20. So, I mean, really, that, that's kind of what Boston's kind of all about. I mean, it's not really anything against Brad, but Celtics fans are, I think, the easiest of the bunch when it comes to, you know, being critical of, you know, their pl players or coaches. So, 
again, and no one's saying fire Brad. You're right, Bobby. That would be absolutely crazy. But when you have games like you had on Sunday, you have to start wondering, is there a bigger issue here or is one developing? And when you want to talk about, you know, how do you know when a team, when a, when a coach loses the team, it's games like Sunday. And then if they followed it up with another shitty one tonight and then another one, you know, that's when, you know, well, no one's saying that he's lost the locker room, but that game right there was a sign that there's something might not be right or all the time <laughs> right now. <laughs> Who's it going to be, John or Nick? <laughs> That's the battle in the comments. Let's have tryouts. Let's do that. There's, o- <laughs> There's only run r- room for 140 plus in here. It's going to be one or the other. It can't be me or Nick. It can't be Jimmy or Nick. It's going to be John or Nick. No, not, Nick, is, Nick is good in that featuring role. You know, it's like featuring Nick. It's like, oh, okay. He he's comes back in every once in a give, while. Give Nick, give Nick credit. He was, he was critical of Brad a couple weeks ago. And before it was cool to be on Sunday. Yeah, I live at so. home. I'm 22. <laughs> if, if, John, if John wants to ramp up, I'll move out. The Garn Report salary here, I'll move out. <laughs> I love that. Random John, user. Wow, that's 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 not nice. John, you didn't have to post that. I'm, I'm posting the funny ones. <laughs> John roasting himself right now. Let's be realistic, too. And I know none of you guys advocate for it. I'm even roasting you- myself. I'm looking for him. You guys inch close. He's like, yes, I'm trash. Yes. <laughs> People want to talk trades. You can say everything short of fire Brad here. And I know none of you guys actually believe you want to fire Brad. But for the people that do, just know that during this COVID year, you're Bobby's probably moving on. Fair. You're probably moving on to like Laranega for the rest of the year and then figuring out something after. There's not going to be a new real coach during this year. So that's another thing like trading Kemba that would just be giving up on this year. And are you guys giving up on this year yet? No, no. Like, there we go. Like I said, as long as you have Jalen and Jason. I'm not saying you guys are. I'm just testing. I'm as long as you have Jalen and Jason and 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 and, 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 and players who are still going to get healthy and the TPE. This is salvageable. This is there are possibilities. There's no runaway team right now. I don't care. And as well as Brooklyn is playing when they're at their best, I'm still seeing injuries and breakdowns and stuff like that going there. And 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 that train sputtering into the station that's my belief there on that team so i'm not super worried uh yet uh but don't you feel like the Celtics could really get under their skin too i don't know something about it i don't know you want to see them play that way i, yeah. I haven't seen I, it yet. i'm not looking right for now. that nasty right like chippiness you'd like Maybe to see it couple, those, are those couple of wing players that i'm hoping that danny is going to bring in here give me a wing I player thought... give, me a, give me a wing defender and a shooter i thought it could have been thompson trade? Not quite. You want to do? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah. Well, we're I mean, gonna... so we have we have the one, um, which this is the one that's going to make Bobby's head explode. What year is this rumor from? What year is this rumor from? Right, this I've is had today this, from had Sam Amik. A long time ago. You it's can do a Google search. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. from all different six different years. <laughs> Drum into oh the Oh my lord! Well, he... Hey, I mean, at some point he's. I mean, every year he becomes more and more available and attainable. So maybe at some point it will actually happen. I think it's going to happen when he's like. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. So yeah, let's let's start with the first part. He'd be extremely hard to trade for. He's bigger than the. Uh, no, he's he's within the TP, but he's the whole thing. And then you have to cut off all the uh, hard cap stuff we talked about. So you're dumping multiple players to acquire him, and he's expiring. So he can leave at the end of the year and he's going to get paid again. Not as much as he was, but 
you'd have to pay him at the end of the year. And do you want to pay Andre Drummond again nope. with what he is at nope. this point? Who's this a, Andre Drummond is a buyout candidate. This is uh, Sam Amik of the uh, Athletic. Yeah. This no, is like when the Celtics got uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his Greg name? Monroe. Yes, yes. Oh, it'd be Greg Monroe. That was a disaster. It'd be Greg a better Monroe. version of Greg Monroe, but that's it'd be all Greg I Monroe. Think of when I see Tom Monroe. Yeah. Greg Monroe yeah, it reminds me of it though. For this entire Celtics tenure, I don't think he woke up one day of his entire tenure with Celtics. Monroe, Another Georgetown, Georgetown bust. Yeah, Monroe got Monroe. cut and then got re-signed, and I didn't even notice. Yeah, last year. <laughs> I, think he, I, think I was like, oh, I can't stand those Georgetown players anymore. Ever since like Iverson, I don't think they've come out with a good player since. <laughs> since Iverson, Jesus. True. Auto Porter. I hope, uh, I hope my I hope my guy Phil Perry's not watching because he's a Georgetown guy, but it's the truth. What about to beat, man? Hashim to beat. Wasn't he UConn? Like UConn? Yeah. UConn. Oh, he was UConn. You're right. He was UConn. Yeah. He's UConn. <laughs> well, I said that with Otto, bigger too. I'm thinking Otto Porter. Porter uh, Jeff yeah, Green. But like, yeah. Otto Porter, yeah. But th these guys, to me, soft busts, like never really. Not like Syracuse. To... Jeremy Not like Grant, Syracuse. baby. Scouts been pumping the Jeremy oh, Grant. Night, Bobby. Syracuse. Oh. Still going in. Michael Sweet. How about that? Oh, Sweet. <laughs> is it Michael Sweeney? Sweeney. Adam. Yeah, that was an unreal like little stint he had. <laughs> it's hilarious. That, that era is, is long gone. Guy. Yeah. Good. The Celtics yeah. like the Alonzo and a whole lot of forgettable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it has not been anybody since those days. Uh on Drummond though, I mean I don't why would they have strong interest in him? I don't understand that. It'd be it would have to be a buyout. Yeah, is that the thinking there? You could trade Thompson there and bring him back. Like, it'd probably be – I don't even know if it'd be better. Like, again, Thompson was okay today. He fouled a lot, but he grabbed boards and he did his thing. Like, Drummond's like Dwight Howard. Like, he'll grab the ball and try to do a lot of stuff, and it'll drive you nuts. Like, he's going to, like – ISO up from the top of the three-point line and take over the offense, and he's horrible. Like I he said, doesn't hit free I'm throws, and there. he's no. not that good of a defender either. All right, Robert Williams, Robert Williams gonna be pissed. So. But he'll get yeah, the I, shit out of. He will after all we, <laughs> Bobby's like, yeah. <laughs> after all we talked about, Rob, like, is anyone gonna co-sign another guy in front of him that doesn't really deserve it? No way. Like, Are you, you kidding me? Really, guys? Another big? Okay. No, yeah. I am interested in well, upgrading the like. court. Yeah. I got really sold on this one, but you're just talking to a ton of people around the league because of the fact that he would be a free good. agent because signing. He's objectively really good at basketball yeah. and it would have been wait, silly wait, to not want him before. You? Well, that what too. <laughs> no, I, I think the fact that you you can use this, that what I just said about Drummond, now I, the difference is here. I like Vucevic and I don't like Drummond, <laughs> but there's also the contract. Three a little years. birdie told me. This three good. three years versus one year, and actually, like, they wanted this guy last time, didn't they? And then the Magic just paid him more. So this is a chance to sign Vucevic effectively as a free agent, make him your fourth max guy, as they want to do with Hayward, and have that be your core into the future. I think he's the only guy on the market right now that makes sense from that standpoint. And is acquirable because the Magic just lost Cole Anthony now, on top of all their other they injuries. They are a mess, huh? Yeah, they have nothing uh, left. That team. Now, what's it going to cost? So that's what I think. 
so this is what's interesting. We could debate this all the live long day. My favorite thing about playing these trade games is if we had the same amount of people in this chat from Orlando as we did Boston, no matter what we said, both teams would be furious about it. One would think it's not enough and the other would think it's too much. Marcus so, Smart's the name I heard. It's always more than you need. You might have to do smart. You might have to do – I don't know that you do for it for Vucevic. the team. Well, I, I would think this. What I was saying before, TPE plus take your pick of two out of the three kids four, or three out of the four. It would be Pritchard, Rob, Romeo, Neesmith all on the table. You probably Rob, could, huh? You probably deal – I'm not saying I would do it. I'm saying it probably requires that. You're probably looking at two of those. So I could see Robert and whichever of, the other, whichever of the other three Orlando would want. And then you're looking at a pick or two. So let me let me and pretend to be more than a pick, right? Do you I'm think, thinking I'm thinking three picks. I was thinking Rob two picks. Rob a your player of your choice TPE and two picks. Yeah, because they're going to get a I'm getting just a I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, this could be another situation where you have to pull in the third team. They outlet Thompson. I don't know if that would be the Thunder, the Pelicans, or something. One of those teams that has been just racking up picks and will take on anybody. They, you know, could Thompson team up with Al Horford there in Oklahoma City and uh, use Oklahoma as a ton of picks uh, to funnel some of those over toward Orlando or New Orleans or something to that effect. I don't know. It's going to be tricky here. But if I'm going to play the Orlando guy and I'm asking for Marcus Smart. Uh, less picks, obviously, maybe just one first-round pick in that case. And then we'll eat Thompson, allow you to keep Rob, and we'll take on Tice, I guess. So you're so, left with Vucevic, Rob, and more of your first long-term, but you have to give up Marcus Smart. And remember, if you bring on Vucevic, you're probably going to lose Smart when he hits free agency in the future. So that's another consideration here. I'll tell you what. what, what besides... Besides what Bobby told they, us, I don't think they want a big Bobby. I mean, they like Marcus Smart, but I, you want a big if you're giving up Vucevic. Besides what we know now that Vucevic is good, based on Bob, what Bobby's hearing, what Bobby do we, what else do you know about this guy? They is already he, have they have Isaac also, Josue. And he's been hurt all year. He has been hurt. What I'm he's hurt a lot. Can you when you so when you wrong. when you talk about when you listen? I'm not going to sit here and say Marcus Smart is like the end all be all, but when you talk about trading Marcus Smart, you better make sure you're damn confident in the leaders and like the that's like the thing. sort of vibe yeah, vibe on your team. But you bring in a guy like Vucevic. Do we know anything about him? Is he an energy guy? Is he a you know? Is he a team? He's just really good. About the guy because he's playing in Orlando, and I don't even know if I've ever heard heard him speak before. To be completely <laughs> honest, just because he's you know he's in a market that's you know it's on a team that hasn't been good in a while, and you know he's not a point guard so he's not like filling up the highlight reels and again guys that was orlando's ask i'm playing the orlando gm there right so i'm just saying like i understand that he would fill a massive need for them but i just you got to be careful with the D what happens to the dna of your team you want to make sure that you don't have a situation like the celtics did when they traded perkins for jeff green and everyone thought that that was going to be a great trade but it kind of tore the team apart in a way yeah um, so I i'm not giving up smart even though I think there's a decent case there where if you're going to bring on a max guy, like if, if we're going to get to Collins after this, I had in that Hawk series, 
Uh, you're going to lose Marcus Smart if you pay John Collins. So whatever the Celtics add, unless they're just patching this up with a Band-Aid with a guy like Harrison Barnes or you know someone medium salaried, if you're going big here, full TP on a guy like Vucevic, you're probably losing Smart when he becomes a free agent. So would you give him up proactively or would you just play out those two years with him and just give them everything else? Neesmith, Langford, three or four first round picks. Uh, try to funnel in some stuff from a third team, which I think it would require at that point. It'd be really hard to get that deal done, especially if someone else wants Vucevic. But the advantage the Celtics still have is they can eat all that salary without having to match. Uh, so it's just where do you give stuff up to make the pieces work to make Orlando happy there? What I like about him, Jimmy, and I don't know much about him as a individual. Uh, you know, Keith Smith would actually know more about that, who covers him down there in Orlando. Um, yeah. I know that he kills the Bucks, which is an advantage. We He's a really bad matchup now. for the Bucks. Um, <laughs> he'd be a monster against the Nets. The Nets don't have any size inside defensively. Uh, he shoots the three on incredible level, so he'd fit in the system. I just wonder about the defense. And then obviously he's a seven-footer to stand against Embiid. I don't know how good of a defender he is. I think he's just okay. Um, so like he's a weapon for sure. And I think he makes sense. He's 30. He's probably the best player overall, regardless of position you could get for this, unless you kick the yeah. can down the road to get in on the Beal conversation, but that's risky. And even if you oh, have Vucevic here, you, oh, you, boy. yeah, I, I think you would rather have something instead of a TPE that you can trade later. So you use that this year. No yeah. doubt about it. You, well, we got the Hawks coming. We got the Hawks coming up here. Uh, the other one you keep hearing is John Collins. I know that that one, you know, people love that for his athleticism. Um, but I do think you have a problem there because you got to pay this guy. Yeah, he's looking for a big payday. So, so or use him as a rental. So, Josue, would you do it? I wouldn't because you risk you risk him leaving. I mean, what if he's not crazy about Boston? What if it doesn't work out? Yeah. And you only have what a few months. To to try this thing out, we don't necessarily know what he does on the court is going to translate into him wanting to be with the Celtics for for the long run, for long term. And if you're giving it up, you know what you have left to go and grab someone like Collins just to see him leave, then that's a that's a bad thing. That's uh, you failed. So I don't know if he's worth the risk. Yeah, you'd be giving up all your assets effectively. He's looking to get paid. You know, he's young. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, it'd be a guy that you'd sign and lose smart later. And he's not good at defense is the other thing. Like this, We've said this before. The Celtics, their offense is good. Maybe they need other ways to score like a Vucevic. But uh, def defense is what they need, certainly. And size, too. He's a smaller center. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And there'll be a lot more competition for this guy. Houston wants him bad. Uh, a team like Brooklyn is going to pursue him hard, I'd imagine. Like there's just teams all over the league that would want this yeah, guy. I mean, more narrow because he's got a big deal. Collins is restricted, like you said. He probably wants that Jalen deal, you know, and that's that's what it's going to take. I mean, he's saying near max. I mean, he wants to take not Tatum. Tatum was a you know, no, he would make there. Brown money. He'd make the same money as Brown. He'd make Brown money, and that's that's a lot. How is he playing this year? He's a yes. monster on offense. Yes, sorry. There's a this lot to like about him too. I was thinking of Roy Hibbert. I said to be ah Hibbert. Oh Hibbert was Hibbert George yeah, Hibbert. Yeah. Oh, remember when the first seven two he couldn't move at all. Crazy. People were crazy by Hibbert. People wanted to see him. Well, some people wanted to see him. In the was he an all star? He was. Maybe he once. Or being twice. pretty soft though. Hibbert. 
True. He and George had some beef. They're all the same. They're all like they all same style. Yeah. Like just kind of. That's why they were. That's why he were. Yeah. <laughs> Georgetown's awful now too. The players aren't even playing good in college. Yeah, I mean, Collins is you know eighteen points a game this year. Um, you know, seven boards. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he is what he is. I mean, this is yeah. I think when we're talking about trades like this, he scored more last year. Yeah, scored more last two years. Seeing the Celtics give up someone like Marcus Smart, you got to answer the simple question: Is this trade the top? Is it going to put them in the NBA finals? You know, forty-one percent from three. And if it's not, then probably not. He could be. He could be that guy. I'm not stumbling my nose at this one because he's awesome. And if he stays around long term, he could get better. He could fit better here, certainly. Uh, but again, it's a guy that you're probably pushing smart out for. Like you probably would trade smart in that deal because this guy would absolutely push him out down the line. So, well, Josue, let me ask you this because you're 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 not you're not all in on Collins. It, it's less about Collins and it's more about it's the same thing as the Hayward conversation in my mind. It's not whether you think Collins is worth it or Hayward was worth it. It's what else can you do there. That might be like, do you have another opportunity to get a player close to that caliber? Yeah, let's say Vucevic's off the table and now it's Collins or something smaller. Or what? Or what though? That's the thing is like, if you use the TPE, buyout. if you use the TPE though, you probably want to do it to fold into a, a contract, a player that can stay with you in for, for a longer run. So you actually get value of it because once it's gone, it's gone. It's the same thing with Hayward. You lose the money, you lose the money, and you can't fill it anymore. So it's less about whether Collins is the perfect answer. It's can I go forward with these three guys if I fill in other places? The problem is if you trade picks and anybody young on your roster now, you, it's really hard to replenish at that point. So that's Wouldn't just Atlanta really problem. like smart. Like that, yeah, that makes sense the, for them too. Mean, John. And that's why I feel like it should be someone that you, you absolutely know is worth it. And also let's not forget Marcus Smart has a couple or a few years left on that deal. If if that's your biggest asset to throw into a trade or if that's your biggest, you know, to match contracts, uh, your biggest, uh, most uh, attractable piece or player, then I don't know if Collins is that guy you want to use that chip on quite yet or this year. I don't know. Yeah, I just think risky. it's anything. I don't know if it's going to bring in someone like Collins. I think maybe it's, uh, you know, two – second tier players or, or one guy that can come off the bench and, and, and be productive on both ends of the floor. I think that's what Danny is, is certainly is searching for. But of course he's going to check out all his options. We've had this. this? Go ahead. Real quick. We we're also insinuating that they're going to use this TPE during the they season. They don't, to. they don't have to. Right. You don't use it after the season. Use it after the season. So, you if they don't think that there's anybody that can get them over the hump, why would they use it for this season? Why wouldn't they wait and see how things shake out over, over the offseason? Because this team's going to lose bad in the playoffs if they well, stand Well, they probably back. will lose with whoever they get with the TPA. TPA. That's my point. Yeah. I don't want to go into an offseason with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown really bummed out state of this team. you got to save this team. In, John. They'll be all right. They're kids. The, the, you, this is what I didn't like about Angel's Jason comments. Jason Tatum's contract hasn't even started since he's Yeah, you know when he gets that first check, he's going to be like, oh, man, I'm good. Don't worry about it. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, like superstars can Thanks, never Chuck. force a trade with years left on their contract. No, they're a few years away from that. But, again, you don't want to <laughs> plant the seeds that. of frustration there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying you got to keep these guys happy. I, again, yeah, we've watched, we've watched happy, this but... team, Jimmy. 
like they can make a small move. Like I heard uh, KOC talk about uh, Thad Young, and maybe yep. he'd fit good, and maybe he'd he help them out a little bit. Three, man, I don't know. Yeah, he'd fill a spot Thad in Young, the starting lineup. Awesome. We keep saying they need a they need a wing, they need a backup. This they need a, like, no, dude, was, I love Thad Young, but how is that really not Thad Young? He's oh, he's good. He's a good player. I don't he's know if he changes sure. all that much. Like I, again, if it gets down to that point and he's the option, yeah, it, then yeah, certainly. And I'm not gonna like trade everything for Collins or Vucevic. So at some point, there is a price there that you stop at. Uh, but he, this team needs a lot of help, and it's either multiple moves, you know, a buyout guy, a smaller trade like a Tucker or something like that, and a medium-sized deal like a Young. Or a big one, and you can fold up that big one in the salary for a later deal. You just you can't do nothing with this roster because right now this roster is not good enough. It's missing you know, a starter. It has no really depth. Thad Young doesn't shoot, guys. I mean, is you really want Thad Young? He's old and past his good days. Yeah, like, he he shoot. He's not a shooter. Do you really want to but bring John, a guy like that? You really want to know, you really want to bring a shooter in so then we can complain that he's taking shots from Tatum and Brown and Kemba. no, is I want shooters want to take shots. No, he wants Terrence I Ross to come. I want Williams to take shots. Thad Young's shooting numbers are bad this year. He is a decent shooter. He's not. A, he's never been a three-point shooter. I, I just don't think he's he wants. Shooter, but he, he does. He does everything else. He can defend. He flashes. Know? He defends. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a real four, which this team needs. Uh, and he'd be cheap, as as Jimmy said. But it just patches something up. You run into the Bucks round two. He's probably not shifting that series. The Nets. Right. Uh, the, he doesn't make the, you better than the teams that are currently better than does you. Does not ch doesn't change it right that he's not putting you over the top in anything. But you who know, it's does? sparing Vucevic you a few. Probably, it's sparing you some Grant Williams minutes. Vucevic's a fourth All Star for this team or third since Kemba isn't one anymore. So well, that's a real a, deal. That's a difference maker. Yeah, he's yeah he's somebody that could say okay now we are a leg legitimate title contender. But right now, when you look at the Eastern Conference alone, Philly. Brooklyn, um, the Bucks. I mean, hell, Indy's my team. Indy from the preseason's looking pretty good. Charlotte's playing well. I mean, you get a lot of teams here. So, if you're Danny Ainge, you're not trying to just do a panic move that's going to make you a second round exit, and then you've lost assets that you you already have barely any assets to begin with. So you have to be very careful with how you utilize them this season. But let's think too, like the assets you have in place. If you don't make the most of them early, maybe package more of them together. Picks, especially the Celtics have a draft pick next year. You're going to be sitting there on draft night again with your pick, uh, yep. with Tice walking out the door, with it, like assets spilling out again. Yep. So do you make the most of them now or just trade a few of them and make some minor moves that really aren't going to mean, mean all that much? Again, I, this, is the, this is the year to push it on the table, I think. You're not gutting, because you're, you're gutting your – you're not gutting. You're removing any current assets and all future assets for a high-level player in the Vucevic category, or you're making a very small move. Those are the two options. But you're going to have to get rid of everything, and that's probably multiple future picks and a couple of players who you might kind of like and want to see how they develop here in order to get that type of player. So that's what you're talking about doing. And then if you, if you kick that TP too far, that could just disappear. Right. Like Joe Sway. Just poof. <laughs> I mean, uh, two, names, TV... two names real quick. I want to cross off the list here because we see him a ton. Jeremy Grant is not coming here. Okay. He's it's, it's not going to happen. 
he's playing when when a player is really good teams want to trade him less okay they just signed him they're not going to trade him okay he i, I really wants it. to be there he, huh? what about his team he made it clear he really wants to be he there. made it clear he wants to be there they're not trading him right after dumping all this money on him and him playing having an absolute career julius randall is also not going to be traded here okay he's way outplayed uh the level of, of value that you could get him anymore it's not he's a chip now he's an actual building block for that he's team awesome. he's not being traded so you got to get rid of those two guys but how about um the other rumor uh blake griffin well you i mentioned him i right? could talk myself into blake on a buyout and not because he'd be a, a massive buyout. difference maker i have no i have no illusions he's even close to what he was uh before right. but yeah, i but absolutely could to come i could live I, with him i think he'd be eager to you come think so? yeah i think so I think um, the, obviously the, he's a the, pro. The, two, the two stars. He's a pro. He's always ever since he got he was taken back. He was shocked. Remember that trade from the Clippers, and he hasn't been able to compete at that level. It's going to be a great opportunity for him to be on that grand stage and and, yeah. and provide a, a cool role for that. It just way I think also if you think of him no longer as Blake Griffin and just a guy who does exactly. what this version of Blake Griffin yeah. currently does. Everyone who says he's washed and he doesn't do anything. Yes, relative to the guy who was one of oh, the most. Be, yeah, sorry, I cut you off real quick. It just drove oh. me crazy when when Scout couldn't stop talking about how he 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 doesn't dunk anymore. It's like he doesn't do that anymore. He had to transform his game. He's trying to prolong his career. I don't. Yeah. I I think that it's, it's noble of him. He's doing like a little like a, like a Tiger Woods thing, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to uh, change his trying strange changes uh, approach to to prolong his his career, knowing that it's best in the long run. He's got he's got to get those outside shots. And I know this graphic says TPE for me only a buyout um, situation. If he he's was bigger there, than the TP, huh? He's bigger than the TP. But you're not doing that. You'd never do yeah. TPE for that. He's a, right now. He's being, right now. He's being benched so they can figure out can they buy him out and let him go where he wants to go and 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 end this. He's, right. he's really bad. If people haven't been paying attention, he's been awful the last two seasons. So maybe a different situation like gets him to play a little better, but. Beyond some bench help, like he's That's he's not he bringing is. much to the table. Bench help. I also don't know how the he's Pistons are going to buy him out unless he, if he really wants to pass up on tens of millions of dollars. Uh, that's a way he could get out of there. But otherwise, the Pistons are going to have to do some stuff, in like a Bobby Bonilla-style uh, no. <laughs> stretch here. He's in rough shape because he never had an outside game. And you're right, Bobby. And his inability to use his athleticism to get to the rim anymore. He's on one leg. He's on one leg. It's rendered him almost useless offensively. I mean, he'd, re he'd really be a role player. Really we watched him on Friday. I mean, he just had no impact on that game. Yeah. So I'm not. That's not doing anything for them now, Joe Sway. I agree with you. If he really wants to come here and be a guy, they need that. Like they need Blake Griffin, the figure, the veteran, the guy who's been through it all on that bench. So even if he's not playing that much, he understands what he is at this point. So if he, if the Celtics are what he gets pumped about, I think it's more likely the Heat though. I'm looking at it the way that Miami did last season, though. I think it's it's more if you can like get a couple Iguodala. of pieces here. Yeah, an Iguodala and, and 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 a shooter, you know, that would be I that would be great for the Celtics, especially a veteran. You know, that sort of voice in the locker room to to help push I agree this with that. team the rest of the way. I, I like what Miami did. Obviously, you know, that was that made a huge difference. I don't think they make the to the NBA finals without those adjustments midseason. Blake Griffin would help this team more than Jeff T. 
I'll say that. Oh man, can we leave and Jeff one week. alone? <laughs> I know. I'm saying that. So significant. He's Jeff Teague has the least to do Ricochet. with what's gone on with the Celtics this year. No, but okay. isn't that what you would do? You would cut Teague and sign Griffin. That yeah, would be if move, they right? didn't sign Teague, guys, they would have signed an, a, another bum. Like there wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> He's yeah. not he's not eating a valuable roster spot here. They took a flyer on a guy to see if he had anything left in the tank and he doesn't. He's so insignificant. I don't want to talk about Teague again. You guys though, you guys loved it. We never got the apology cam. We rolled the dice. He's so he's so insignificant. Yeah. Bobby. Oh my god, the, opening the night it was wasn't like, heavier than the than the Thompson signing, okay? The Thompson signing he, was way heavier, right? They were counting on that. That was a big deal. Right, I know. Uh, on him be- yeah, I know. There's gonna be some clips pulled on Joe Sway after tonight. I'm pulling the clip of Jimmy and John waving the Jeff T flag after opening night when he scored 19 points. That was only because we were trolling you. That was because we were trolling. <laughs> we were trolling you, but also he came in to just like kind of spell some minutes for an injured Kemba Walker. Kemba's back like a month and a half sooner than we all thought he would be, so he really isn't that important. That said, I'm expecting 20 plus point performance against his former team, the Hawks. One of these three games coming up. So do not sleep on Teague just yet. We do do that a lot. We ignore the top of the roster and we talk about the bottom. Uh, Jalen well, Brown. Why do you want to ignore Jalen Brown completely? That's what we do. Okay. We don't ignore Tatum. We don't ignore okay, ready? We Let's have- Brown all the effing time. <laughs> okay. True. Watch this. Ready? Let's have a compelling conversation about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's been really good. Okay. Go. <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's I, a good thing, but we have – I don't know. Sometimes we have to really give him his props when he goes off. Some of these games he's talking Should he about be starting in the All-Star game? We spent a lot of time on Jalen, I feel. We did. No, when, there's too I mean, much else to talk about. It's a good point. Yeah, we don't talk about him enough. We expect it. I mean, Tatum got to that place too. When he first became a superstar in the playoffs, we had a million Tatum segments. But once it becomes expected – it's not like a pat on the back every good night. <laughs> but again, awesome tonight. They don't win the game without this performance. Uh, he went toe-to-toe with Jokic down the stretch. There you go. It's true. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's see if J- let's see if Jimmy pops in for final thoughts and then we'll go. We've got um we've got uh, Hawks and we got Hawks and Hawks coming up. Right? Jimmy, you going to do this one? Jimmy, you going to do this one with us? I hope so. I couldn't hear Joe Sway. All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're we're being we're being uh, admonished for uh, for not talking about Jalen Brown so much. So we've all, okay. while you were gone, we've all determined that Jalen Brown is very good. Cosine, yeah, I think. Okay, cool. That's our Jalen segment. Put it, yeah. Bag it, tag it, Bobby. <laughs> I was trying to push me off and think that he couldn't hear me, but he didn't pick up. On oh me. no, I couldn't do. That. I was. <laughs> Dude, I was, was Jalen like, better? Yeah. I was gonna run with that because I I couldn't just bail out of this show again for like a fourth time. But I was like, yeah, I just can't hear Joe Wade. Let's do so. Jalen versus Jason every night. We did it. Everyone's like, why are you comparing the two? We're like, oh come on. Yeah. Trying to talk about him. Well, it's like it's like again. What else can we say about Jalen Brown? I mean, we we we've already said he's an All Star. He's one of the he's a, he's a possibly most improved player in the NBA. I mean. Like, he deserves to start in the All Star. We're game. sorry, we're not talking more about Jalen Brown. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. We're sorry. You. <laughs> Let me do this quick, guys. Uh, Marigold Medical. Let's do this real quick before we go. Marigold Medical stem cell therapy for uh, 
for, for all sorts of ailments here, you go in, uh, to marigoldmedical.com or call 978-537-0555, set up a free consult, tell them Cedric Maxwell sent you. The reason we're going to say that is because Cedric Maxwell did, in fact, go here uh, for knee issues, uh, uh, got tremendous treatment. It's life-changing for him. Uh, this is the, the, the goal of this place is to fix you, not to just give you quick fixes uh, and to really study and diagnose what's wrong and uh, address the issues that you're having long-term. So tell them Cedric Maxwell sent you marigoldmedical.com or call 978-537-0555. Set up a free consult. Uh, guys, let's put a bow on it. We got the Hawks coming up twice. Again, this is kind of that easy pad portion of the schedule. Bobby Manning will be covering the game for us from the garden on Wednesday. Yes, I think he's there. Is he frozen? Is he no, frozen? He's there. Bobby will be there tomorrow night, so he's going to be the one. Bobby. Bobby's going to have the face mask and the, and the black back. Bobby, bring a light. And and let, let's see the court. That was my nah. challenge. Bring a I'm folding doing. stool. Oh, I'm going to do the forearm. Right, leave it exactly the, the way. Forearm I challenge. Don't touch it. Don't touch anything. The forearm exactly. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> That's my challenge to Bobby is make it seem like you're not in a cave somewhere. Like in, <laughs> you can't improvise. Cave like vibe. Somewhere to put that laptop on. What's that? Don't change the K vibes and <laughs> turn the camera around so we can see it. Just like That's I do. Right? Yeah. Uh, so Bobby will be there. We got the Hawks coming up. Um, this, you know, tonight's win cools things down a little bit um, for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here uh, heading into next game. But again, um, I am super hoping that what we saw tonight is more of a, we've seen this a few times. You see something happen, and you're like, oh, is Brad doing this now? And then he kind of goes back to it. I love seeing it. I'm curious, again, what happens with Rob if Tice is back. If he's not back, you, you do expect to see another 20-something-minute game from Rob. I want to see if we see Neesmith coming off the bench early again. We'll see about that. Uh, you are going to have a back – and it's not a back-to-back, -back, right? No, no it's, it's Wednesday, Friday. Friday. But I, you're going to you're gonna free up some minutes. Yeah. Jeff Teague's back. Jeff Teague will be back, baby. Uh, do you start to give some of those minutes to Tremont Waters, maybe? I, I, I'd start to think about that. Now, Please. overall, it's probably going to be – I mean, what have they been doing in that situation? Like Brown, Tatum, bigger lineup there. Grant will probably get more involved again against a bigger team. It is too bad. The, you, wish, you wish Kemba could have had a full shot at Trey Young and that awful Hawks defense again. Though This team's lost seven of eight. I don't think they'll ever be a good defensive team. They get hyped up every year, and here they are again, a pretty bad team. Uh, so they're going to be hard to defend. That's absolutely certain. But the Celtics will be able to light them up in turn. Now, Clint Capella has been awesome for them in recent games, though. So the interior could have some issues there. Diving to the rim, he does all those things. And how are you going to wrap up Trey Young? It's a hard, hard defensive assignment for whoever's going to get it. Uh, but overall, this team should be one you can sweep with how bad they are in defense. No, Payne wrong Pritchard. Do you start Pritchard? Do you start Tremont? Tremont's a great defender. I, I like the, I like the spot Tremont starts against a good point guard. God, here we go. <laughs> Either way, there better be a. That's all I have to say. This comment. There better be. <laughs> like, like Bob. He played well against Sacramento. Everything Bobby just said was so just like deflating after the game we just saw. Exactly. You're going to see more Teague, some Grant, maybe some Tremont, you know, mixing a little Carson. Like, it's just like, can we just not? 
Can we just not talk about it until it happens? That's why I didn't say the rotation was set. It's going to keep changing. And that's why this team's inconsistent, ultimately. And that's why we're packaging up everything to shorten the rotation and all the things <laughs> we did here. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm well, starting Tremont Waters tomorrow, not Jeff T. Bobby Manning has not been fired, but he could be. We're not guaranteeing he's going to be here for much longer, so we'll see. It's on a, It's like like with Brad Stevens' rotations, we're on a game by game basis. Okay, we're seeing if if he's losing if he's losing the chat room here. <laughs> Let me see. It, yeah. No, Bobby's still winning the chat room. He's doing fine. Um, you, you know, Nick, Nick though, Nick, Nick does well in the chat rooms when he's here too. The, 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 Nick, love Nick. Nick yeah. <laughs> the Nick show up. Nick might be sliding in for me one of these games coming up. Oh, if he's available, I know he's a busy man. I'm not gonna make each of the next three, so you'll definitely get Nick in for me on one of those two. So we'll see. But um, um, we're here Wednesday, Friday, and then we Sunday again. Yep. We got a ton of stuff going. Right. We also are talking about doing the garden report daily. In addition to games, we will have more information on that. Um, we may Why? still we may. Yeah, I know, I know. We're talking about it, um, but we'll we'll talk about that. It might involve some uh, some different characters as well. Um, but again, thank you guys for uh, watching. We'll say this always. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further. Are Don't just subscribe. Everybody tell two friends to subscribe, okay? We like the community here, bringing more people into the into the show, into the chat. We want to keep growing this thing uh, bigger, better, badder. Um, so, uh, like I said, tell your friends, tell them to subscribe, send them the links, bring everybody in. We love having the crowd. Um, YouTube, uh, both YouTube channels. Uh, also, uh, you can catch us on Twitter and Daily Motion. Uh, all of our podcasts on CLNS Media, Josue Pavone with Causeway Street, Bobby Manning with Dome Theory. We run through this every time, but there's an insane amount of stuff that you guys have. We've got a ton more coming out. We had a Celtics beat drop today. Uh, the A-List podcast with A. Sherrod Blakely will be out tomorrow. We've got Goodman and Ryan coming out, Cedric Maxwell. So again, you get all of that stuff here. Just make sure you subscribe. But as always, join us here immediately after every game we're here every game including west coast we take no nights off guys anything else to say that's it we'll see you tell guys tell a couple girls too my dms are open so why not you know mix it up it's not what we do here jimmy yeah that no, valentine's I mean, day was real lonely for jimmy yeah. guys girls <laughs> limited to guys uh, i respect it he's shooting he's shooting hey. he's giving it a shot yeah he's shooting his shot i mean that's see, not how shooting works. That's kind of like uh, I just want to grow the Celtics. It's contagious. It's kind of like one of those smart over the head, like backwards, you know. <laughs> pre-game, like from the stand. Pre-game, yeah. yeah. He always, he usually hits yeah. one of those. Okay, shot. and our, our producer uh, Ahmed Batacharji, we want to say thank you there as well. Um, who's sitting here feeding us all of these graphics, and he's been with us. He's a viewer, a loyal fan, so yes, thank you very much. People asking for job openings. We do have internship positions available. You can email us, info at clnsmedia.com. Anybody, particularly if you're in college and you're looking for uh, yep. an internship for the spring or for the summer, working on Celtics or anything else, by all means, uh, send us a resume, info at clnsmedia.com. Uh, guys, thank you very Joe much Swift's for hanging in there. Josue's looking for an assistant, I think, too. So nah, just him up good. on Twitter. You could be you could be Josue Pavone's personal 
intern, if you want. No, we've we've had some great interns working on this show. Shout out to uh, Tim Shales and Bryn O'Shea, who have been working with us the last couple of weeks here. So interns always welcome, and uh, they're getting amazing experience here. Yeah. Yep, doing a great job. Thank you to everybody helping us out with the show. Thanks to Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone, Bobby Manning. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Is today Wednesday? Today's yep. Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. We'll see, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.